Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dragon's Library again. Today, we're going to be doing something different for once. Again! I know, I've just been rolling out new stuff. Um, so, today, we're going to be doing an anime. Yay! Sorry, I'm just really excited. Um, I actually haven't done any anime yet. I don't believe... Which is weird, considering how many of them I watch. But, <laughs> now we get to do one. So, recently, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Apologies for people who don't watch anime, usually you get used to the weird titles. Um, wrapped up its second season. And I want to use this as an opportunity to talk about it. So, that's what we're going to be doing today. Now, today I'm just going to be talking about the whole series in general. I'm not going to be going into a lot of specifics. Um, at first... And it'll kind of be a summary of Season 1, Season 2, Part 1, and Season 2, Part 2. Uh, because anime breaks its seasons into two parts now. But, uh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. This is probably one of my favorite series that's currently airing. Um, not my absolute favorite, but it's definitely, like, a guilty pleasure. Um, so, the whole premise of That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime is it's basically an isekai anime. And for those of you who don't know what isekai is, uh, it's basically a genre-ish of anime where the whole premise is the protagonist gets uh, teleported into a new world, usually with some kind of really overpowered ability that makes them special, and they basically get teleported into a fantasy world from the real world. Now, the gimmick with that time I got reincarnated as slime is kind of, you know, in the, in the title right there. The main character is this boring office worker, and he spends his entire life kind of just having a normal life. But then, while walking to work one day, he saves his best friend and his girlfriend from getting stabbed by a random, by a random psycho. He dies, though, in the process, and his last wish is, please, delete my browser history, which is kind of a joke in and of itself. Um, and as he's dying, he's dying, he's contacted by some kind of godlike entity and promised that his, due to his heroism, he's going to be re reincarnated into a new world. So he starts hearing, you know, game logic stuff going on and he's asked what he would want in that world. Um, and of course he's dying at the moment, so his thoughts aren't really coherent. He wanted to understand things. He wanted to be not cold. And he wanted to be able to grow and experience it. So, basically, he gets three basic abilities, I believe, to start with. The first is Heat Resistance, um, which is a very basic one, but it comes back a few times throughout the series. The second is an ability called Great Sage, which is basically an onboard wiki <laughs> and analysis tool. Basically, a voice in his head. Sort of like if you ever watched the old Shazam show, he had the Wisdom of Solomon. It was just like a voice in his head that told him whatever he wanted to know. That's basically Great Sage. It gets kind of uh, progressively more sarcastic as the series goes on, too, which is always funny. Um, and the ability to grow turns into Predator, which is his ability to consume other creatures and gain their abilities. So he's reincarnated as a slime, and anything he eats he can replicate using his own magic, and he can slowly grow more powerful by eating other creatures. So he wakes up, and at first he has to get used to moving as a slime. And it's actually a really cool experience. The first episode in particular is actually very interesting in the way, like, you spend an entire episode, he gets used to having how to see as a slime, how to, like, feel the world around him, growing to be able to actually see the world around him. 
He gathers up some plants, you know, gets used to moving around, manages to do a bit of luck to kill a spider and eat its ability, so now he's got this web-swinging ability. And he goes, you know, around this cave he's spawning, he finds some magical plants and crystals and uses them to make a few potion things. Um, and it just slowly starts getting used to his new life. Uh, it's actually really interesting, I like it. it. The whole show has this kind of, like, zen, relaxing, just chill and watch the world unfold kind of quality to it that I really enjoy. I really can't describe it any better than that. There's just something relaxing about watching him come to grips with this fantasy world and slowly build out uh, from his initial starting point. Now, of course, this is an isekai, and if you're familiar at all with the trappings of isekai anime, you'll know they have a tendency in recent years to give the characters re make the char main characters really overpowered, um, and basically the villains just don't really challenge them at all. The the that kind of guy reincarnated as slime is kind of a parody of that, like. It just outright makes the guy really powerful. So the first episode starts with him, you know, killing a few animals, but he's still not really a ma majorly powerful creature in the world. Um, you know, he's like more powerful than your average monster, but he's still like a level one slime for the most part. But then he meets the imprisoned storm dragon Veldora, one of like the most powerful beings in this world who had been imprisoned beneath the forest of Jura a long time ago. After a hero beat him after he went on kind of a rampage. But it turns out he's kind of just wants a friend. And Rimuru befriends him. But he can't break his seal. So Rimuru decides to eat the entire seal. After, uh, well first Veldora gives him a name. Which makes him more powerful. And links him to Veldora. Kind of making him like a surrogate son if that makes sense. It's a little complicated. But basically we're in a very generic fantasy world. Where like there's the Goblin King. But until he's given a name. He's just the Goblin King. And the Goblin King's daughter. Um, that kind of thing. So, people don't really have names unless they're gifted names by more powerful beings. Or they're, you know, powerful beings in their own right. Names are something you have to be given or earned in this world. Um, and so he's given the new name Rimuru Tempest after the storm dragon Veldora Tempest. And he promises to free his new friend, which, you know, is all very wholesome and nice and fun. And I love the dragon is like this really boastful over, you know, I will defeat you all. But in deep down, he just wants a friend. And Remy's like, hey, dude, I'll just help you out. So he eats the entire seal, which inadvertently gives him a lot of Eldora's power. And Great Sage, the kind of onboard, you know, magic computer in his head, uh, gets to work cracking the magic. But it's going to take a few years, likely. It's most likely going to take at least a few years. So after that, he goes and befriends a village of goblins and gives them all a name. And then a bunch of wolves attack, and he defeats their alpha and, you know, makes the wolves come and join them. So now all the wolves come, and because Rimuru names them all, they become more powerful and evolve into storm wolves and hobgoblins. And, you know, their village is a little run down, so he goes to this new neighboring dwarf kingdom and do some shenanigans. They get some dwarves. Um, oh, sorry, I'm getting to spoiler territory, so let me just talk about the show's technical quality first. But that's kind of the main plot line. You know, the building of this new, the nation, the forest nation of Jura. The nation of monsters. It's all very interesting. So, that's the basic main through line of the show. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like, he's the most overpowered character at basically every segment of the show. There are only, like, one or two characters that have ever actually posed a threat to him. But he's, you know, definitely a fun character. He's not as bland as the normal isekai protagonists are. He has a very strong sense of morals but also his own ideals for this world and what he wants it to become. Um, 
a lot of the villains he ends up encountering due to partially due to a difference in ideology and partially due to the fact that the nation of Jura basically the inciting incident is Rimuru devouring the Storm Dragon seal. Because even though he was in prison, the Storm Dragon Veldora, the Forest of Jura was his territory. And even with him sealed away, nobody was none of the other big players, you know, the big other nations or the demon lords or anything like that, were willing to encroach upon this very powerful being's territory because if he did get free and Chances were he was eventually going to get free. He would rip them a new one. So when Rimuru devoured him, his magic vanished. And so everyone suddenly became aware that the, the forest of Jura was up for grabs. Which incites nations to come after it, or try to make alliances with the monsters living there, or to invade it, or to claim it as their own territory. And it basically set off this giant political domino effect, and Rimuru is just kind of dealing with the fallout. Which I really like. Um... They actually have a lot of stories dedicated to, you know, inner world politics or, uh, you know, how potion purity can affect markets and stuff like that. Which, if you're into the mechanics of a fantasy world, you're going to find really enjoyable. But if you also just want giant isekai battles with magic and stuff, you're going to be well-serviced. There's a lot of really cool, well-animated fight scenes. The characters can be kind of clever and aren't just always, I'm more powerful than you than I win. Although they do use that as a joke a lot of the time. Um... And yes, Rimuru is immensely overpowered, but uh, the show has a decent heart to it. There's a lot of good emotional moments to it that you don't usually see in shows like this that are much better done than, say, things like Sora Online. Not to hate on Sora Online, or Online, because I did like it when I first watched the first season. I still hate the fairy dance arc. Screw that stuff. But uh, when you go back and rewatch it, it's just not as good. Unless you're watching SAO Abridged, in which case, <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, I'm not talking about SAO. Don't talk about SAO, Davis. Bad Davis. <laughs> so yeah the show's very well animated the voice actors are all great I personally prefer the dub but I've watched both the sub and the dub at different points because I want to watch the new episodes as they come out um, all in all it's an interesting new take on isekai format that has a likable cast of expanding characters it gets really large but also all the characters are distinct enough that you care about them for the most part and yeah so that's basically all I have to say on the technical side. Um, I highly recommend this show if you guys aren't willing to go any further for spoilers. Uh, if you want my opinion, yes, definitely go watch it. If you're looking for something to get into with anime, it's definitely a good place to start. And yeah. All right, we're going to full spoilers now, so I'll be talking about the first season. Uh, I will let you know when we get to the second season spoilers, so you can go ahead and cut off there if you don't want to. And I'll let you, I'll even cut off, I'll even let you know when we get to, uh, part one of the second seasons, and so you can know if you want to just watch part two, which is still coming out, which just, actually just finished coming out the other day. Last episode, I forgot, I'm gonna have to wait so long for season three, it's gonna be such a disappointment. But, uh, yeah. So, season one progresses pretty normally. You have, um, you know, him slowly building, uh, new ties, he runs into some human adventurers, including this, uh, hero, called, oh god, what was her name again? Shizu, that's her name, Shizu. Um, and Shizu is actually, because what we find out is that there are, that the mages in this world can summon other worlders, meaning people of, you know, the that version of Earth that he came from as powerful champions. Basically, it's the common isekai ability. They summon them and they gain a unique ability like he did, except they're not always reincarnated, they're usually humans. Um... She was summoned by a demon lord and had a f powerful, dangerous spirit called Ifrit bound to her body and used as a dangerous weapon. Eventually, though, she broke free of him, but this, she's slowly been, you know, eaten alive by the spirit over time. She actually ends up 
basically dying in the first season. Um, after a little while, after finally losing control of Ifrit, she ends up killed by Rimuru because he had to, she asked him to put, you know, stop her if she lost control. But before that, see, she was actually, the trick is she was actually summoned from this world due to the time dilation stuff back during like World War II when Japan was still like an imperialist nation and they were being like firebombed and she was ripped away as her mother and her entire village were burned by firebombs. Um, and this like really dramatic moment of her watching what was probably to her the end of the world. And then Rimuru decides after finding out her past to show her basically from his perspective as an adult, show her Japan as it rebuilt. He showed her all the memories of photos and even his own life of Tokyo slowly building from a destroyed ruin into the new metropolis, one of the great biggest cities on, on the planet. Um, and they have this like really heartwarming moment of him showing her this whole long stretch. And she just starts crying about how beautiful it is and how she's, he's grateful that she showed her that her home rebuilt and it became better and that there was a happy ending to it all. Which was really, really sweet. Um, even like, I'm not usually as affected by that stuff, but even I had to admit that I was like, oh, that's just so sweet. Um, but she dies, and after she dies, uh, he devours her body, so he finally gets a human form. It's kind of like a genderless body, though, even though she was a girl and he was uh, originally a boy. So, you know, that happened. Anyway, um, that basically goes on. A powerful demon lord has started making plays for, um, using an orc army to invade. He makes friends with the Oni, who become... Um, powerful allies become like his main lieutenants. They were pow- uh, they were the ogres. I'm sorry, who became the oni after he named them, and they become all his big lieutenants. Uh, he gets like a secretary. The princess becomes like you know a skilled. She's like a skilled weaver, so she becomes a part char- charge of a lot of the crafts and general stuff like that. The prince who was trying to avenge his home that had been destroyed by the um, orcs. Um, Becomes his, like, right-hand man when it comes to, you know, dangerous stuff. The ninja one. Uh, oh, God, I forget all these names. There's so many names in this show. There's Rieger. There's, uh, let's see here. The Ogre. So there's Benny Maru, who's the prince. There's Shuna. She's the princess. There's Shion. She's the secretary. Uh, there's Sohi. He becomes, like, the ninja. There's Hakuro, who becomes, like, he's basically, um the old master who taught everyone and he's just like such a badass. <laughs> like he goes up against like this other other worlder who's been working for like the evil company. He's like a sadistic evil mass uh, murderer who's like a swordsman. His gift is that he can slow down his perception of time so he can react like a super speedster. But uh after their first battle where he surprised him, he comes around and is just like, yeah no. <laughs> He just cuts off his head, and the other guy doesn't even realize what's going on until he's like grabbing his hands, like, use that what time you have left to think on your crimes. And it's like, holy shit, he's a badass. And then Kurobi, who's like the blacksmith, who helps with the uh, dwarves in the blacksmithing sections. Uh, he's probably the least, um, he's, he's the one that's least present in the anime. He's only really present in the first segment, and a few of the background scenes. But the others all become like, Big recurring characters. Um, and then they have to deal with this invading army of orcs who have um, 
been following this orc lord and they devour everything. It's this really cool final battle. And Rui finds out they were offered salvation by a demon. If their orc lord could become a demon lord, they would be a powerful pawn of this other demon lord. Um, and he was using the fact that the orc's home world has been like decimated and they're all, you know, constantly starving and dying. And the orc lord basically gave them the promise of the forest of Jura as a new prosperous home. Um, and Rimuru was unwilling to punish the rest of the orcs, so after he defeats the orc lord and experiences his memories, he decides to spare the rest of the orcs and, um, offer them sanctuary in Jura. Which, you know, adds them to the roster of green characters, the right-hand man of their king, uh, ends up becoming one, so, you know, he joins in, it's Geld, which is pretty cool. Uh, Geld is a pretty fun, nice guy. He ends up becoming a recurring character and one of the big, you know, their main fighters. Then you have Gabuta. He's one of, like, the hobgoblins. He was one of the ones that was already named by some other passing guy a long time ago. And he slowly, like, becomes, like, a badass. Like, like there's this one moment where uh, he's elected by one of Rimuru's lieutenants to fight on their behalf to, like, defend their honor when they meet with the ambassadors of another demon lord. And they're all, and Rimuru's always like, Wait, Gobta? Really? And then Gobta kicks his ass. And Rimuru's like, wait, I thought he was going to get beat up. And the rest of my lieutenants are going to be like, how dare you touch Gobta? We'll never make you pay for that. But no, he's just, he's actually become a little bit of a badass, even though he's a bit goofy looking. Um, which is, I, I just love moments like that, where the show constantly just, like, loves subverting your expectation. Uh, then you have the lizard men who joined uh, Rimuru when they fought the orcs. Uh, you have Gop. Got, um, you have Soka, Abel, he's the chieftain, and then you have Gabiru, and he's like this really obnoxious, loud general who observes his father because he believes he's being too weak and passive against the orcs. But then, like, when he fights the orcs, it's like, oh, well, he's actually striking them pretty well. They're just way stronger than he thought. He's not a bad general. He's actually really good, and you can see why a lot of the warriors in their tribe decide to support his coup, because he actually does seem to have a lot of respect from his men. Um, and he ends up, you know, getting banished, but, but he ends up, Rimuru ends up giving him sanctuary, that kind of thing. And it's basically just Rimuru going around, making alliances with human and monster nations and groups, slowly adding in a small camaraderie of exiles or people who he really supports and want to go work for him. And they turn that small goblin village with a bunch of dire wolves and, gobl- and goblins into, like, an actual nation that becomes recognized uh, by other kingdoms. And it's just a really cool all-around fun anime about this guy trying to build something in a new world. The second, this is uh, where I'm going to start going to more spoilers for the second season. Um, for the second season, part one, they, uh, she, so, Rimuru gets alerted to a bunch of these kids who have uh, magical powers who are called in, but they're really young, so the powers are going to burn through them. He helps work through it, and meets this guy who is so obviously going to betray him. Um, for those of you who don't know, he definitely betrays him. Like, you figure it out by the end of the season. I told you, season, uh, season, season two is part one. You figure it out by the end of this. So, I warned you there were going to spoilers. So, he's like the adventure guild leader, and he knew Shizu. Um, and he ends up selling Rimuru out, because apparently he's working with some kind of demon lord, or maybe manipulating them. It's all very unclear, but I can't wait for season three, when they're going to punch his face in. Uh, I seriously cannot wait for that any longer. And what happens is, due to a rival nation who's worried that their trade routes are going to be disrupted by the forest nation of Jura, or the Jura Alliance, um, decides to attack the nation uh, using the Holy Church, like, you know, the Holy Paladin Army, who see monsters as nothing more than a threat. 
And they basically try and incite an incident and use the Holy Knights and army and mages and priests to destroy the fourth nation of Jura. Meanwhile, the, uh, what was it, the guild leader manages to trick Hinata, uh, who is like the big badass, like she's, was Shizu's partner, and after Shizu left to go kind of slowly die, she became like the best warrior of them all. Uh, she's probably one of the only people in the series that's actually as strong, if not stronger, than Rimuru. He catches, she catches them off guard with a power nullifying barrier that robs him of a lot of his biggest powers, but she also actually does match him blow for blow for the most part. Um, meanwhile, their nation is being attacked. A bunch of their citizens die, but the barrier means that their magic, which in this world is kind of their souls, is still being contained there. It hasn't, like, dispersed into the natural magic of the world. So... Rimuru decides to use something called the Demon Sea, which he acquired from being the Orc Lord, to become a Demon Lord. Because if he does, he'll gain the ability to resurrect his subjects. Only in this very specific... And I do like the way they do it. It's very specifically, hey, this very specific barrier which prevents monster magic from escaping this area, which we layer with another barrier after we discover the properties of it. Um, after which I'll gain my powers with when we break the monster barrier, but the new barrier will keep the mo- their magic inside. And so, so long as I become a demon lord, and I also have to use the life force of two other demons to use this very, very dangerous and unstable ability with Great Sage, I can bring them back. But only in this very, very specific circumstance. So it's sort of like, magic warrior is possible, but it's so dangerous and requires so much power that it's like not worth it. But anyway, since this nation is, like, super corrupt and the church has gotten some really shady stuff, Rumi Ru goes full, you have killed my my family and loved ones, you will not get away with this, and freaking slaughters them all. Like, literally, he just floats above them and is like, alright, I need 10,000 souls, let's do this. And he uses this, like, water droplet that reflects lasers through the entire camp. And the entire time, like, they're running around, like, they're trying to escort the king and the high priest... And the, they managed to get into the tent with him. Because Remy doesn't want him dead yet. Um, and the guard's like, don't worry, I'll use my ability to gather the soldiers. And I'll make them use their own bodies as shields to protect you, my lord. And they're all like, oh, thank goodness you're doing this right. And they even have this powerful mage with them. And he just gets one shot. And the other guy walks outside and immediately gets one shot. <laughs> and they're just like freaking out. And Remy's like, you are not even worth it. And, obviously, Rimuru gets the abilities, becomes a new demon, he gets this new demon heart art uh, sidekick, who might be something called Primordials that everybody's really scared of, because he wants to serve a new demon lord. Uh, and that's how season two, part two, in, part one ends, uh, with Rimuru becoming a new demon lord. And after that, in season two, part two, you get the fallout of that, plus there's a lot of stuff with Milim, who's like this little kid demon lord. Uh, and maybe the most powerful demon lord of them all, but she acts like an overgrown child, and she's like a little girl, because <laughs> anime has things with that. Just don't look into it too much. Uh, anime does things with like ridiculously overpowered little girls. It's an entire thing in anime. Don't even get it started. Don't even get the genre started. Um, and Malim is just ridiculously overpowered, even by the standards of the show. <laughs> And season two was all about the political moves being made by other demon lords and Rimuru having to uh, attend this conference to prove his status as a new demon lord and to undermine the plots and maybe Malin's being controlled, but maybe she's not. Uh, a demon lord he was forming an alliance with, the be- leader of the Beastmen, um, ends up being taken prisoner or maybe even murdered and they sink sanctuary in Jura. 
They have to launch a counterattack, undo the plans, and eventually confront and kill him in a final battle. You know, as a, I challenge you and only you, you and your retainers to a duel kind of thing in the middle of the meeting. And of course, he gets utterly wrecked. <laughs> because this is, this is that time I get recorded as a slime, okay? They're having cool battles, but it's mostly between the subordinates. When it comes to Rimuru, Rimuru shows up and wrecks people. That's his thing. <laughs> and it's always amazing. It's beautifully animated. It's all wonderful. Uh, because Fiona the Demon Lord has only just upped all his abilities. Like, Great Sage has become um, Raphael, who's you now, like, almost alive and really sarcastic now. And Rimuru's constantly being like, hey, you sound, you, it sounds like you're more coherent now. It's like, no, you're just imagining it. It's like, yeah, Rimuru. <laughs> and it gets deadpan now, and it's just hilarious. I love it. They're turning the Great Satan into its own character, and it's so much fun. Uh, and he also has Beelzebub, which just means he can eat attacks now. Like, the Demon Lord fires off his, like, ultimate attack at him, and he's just like, Beelzebub, and just eats it. And the Demon Lord's just like, Aah! Aah! <laughs> His face! Oh, his face. When Demon Lord Carrion does that, it is... Oh, it is the funniest thing. It's beautiful. I love it. I love this show so much. This is very much an action comedy. You go here for comedy, okay? You're gonna you're gonna find a lot to enjoy. But uh, yeah, that's basically that's basically the series up to this point. Um, a lot of the stuff is a lot of fun. There's a lot more to it. Like seriously, there's a lot going on in this series. Way more than I have time to talk about, especially since it's getting pretty late and I want to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I record most of this stuff pretty late at night. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's about it. I hope you guys love this episode. I definitely want to do more anime in the future. I'm probably going to do some more classic stuff like Code Geass and Death Note if I get a chance, because I love those anime. Well, I say I love Death Note. When I say I love Death Note, to me, Death Note ended with Light, with light killing L. I'm sorry. Everything that happened after that was terrible. I refuse to feel bad about saying that. It is a great 26 episodes out of like 35 episodes, I think. Um, yeah. Code Geass, on the other hand, is just an amazing series with an amazing ending. Nailed the landing. Uh, I will definitely be reviewing those in the future, if I have time. Uh, I will try and review some more anime. I've actually been watching a new thing called The Adopted Deities Only Know Peace, which I've been really enjoying. It uh, twists a lot of fantasy genre tropes, which I've, I've, always, I've always been a sucker for twists, new twists on fantasy genre tropes, instead of just really well-done versions of them. So, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it'll stick the landing on its first season, or whatever its ending is going to be. If it just does the whole series at once, I wouldn't particularly mind. But, uh, yeah. So, that's basically it. See you next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.